0: Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banta Boys Podcast. My name is Sanji, with me is Ross. How you doing, boy?
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. We had a big, big snowfall, like, like two, like two days ago. It was like, you know, snow on the ground, it started accumulating and stuff. And I'm like, ugh. I, I I hate to bring up weather, but like, you know, that's the most happening thing here so far.
0: I mean, bringing up weather is a very Canadian thing to do, anyways, right?
1: It is, it is, it is. But like, speaking of like snow, like so, last night Mexico lost to Canada, and they're playing in Edmonton, and like the stay, like the their snow, like on like the like the sides and stuff. So uh, I can't remember his name, Kareem. I think he scored and or Lurine, whatever, something. Something A-R-I-N. <laughs> he scored, and then they all celebrated, and this one player literally jumped into the snow in part of his celebration. I'm like, man, that is, like, so Canadian.
0: That makes sense.
1: Yeah, Canada's on top of the CONCACAF World Cup qualifying table. So even if we do get... um like we technically get automatic qualification for like 2026 because it's gonna be in Canada. At least you know it's not fully like you know there will be some merit behind it because we might make it to the Qatar 2022. So I'm pretty excited for that.
0: Yeah, I mean you guys have some big names in that squad, yo. Alfonso Davies for one for sure.
1: Yeah, Johnson David. Um, there's a few can there's a few Chelsea boys as well that that kind of or like Chelsea. Uh, loan players that kind of made it too, right? Or oh, did we send them
0: on loan over there to Canada as well?
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I think it's a good squad. Hopefully, by twenty twenty six, we have like the proper mix between like experience and like right now they're just playing because they have no expectations. But in twenty twenty six, they'll have expectations. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: You saying the guy jumping into the palace snow reminds me of one of the first few. I don't know if this is like a Canadian game or whatever, but one of my, I believe, undergrad mates told me, like, there's this game called King of the Hill. Like, so when they clean out, like, a car park or whatever, and you know how they shovel all the snow into one giant pile in the corner of the car park? Apparently, I I don't know. Have you played this game before? Have you heard of it?
1: Maybe. Like, I I think so, but I feel like they might have also been trying to mess with you. Be like, go, Sanji, go jump into the pile of snow.
0: That makes sense, because I was the only one that climbed the Palace you know.
1: <laughs> so I think they might have been messing with you.
0: <laughs> oh, man. All right. Okay, before we continue, Russ, do you want to maybe plug us, remind listeners how they can share our podcast and engage with us?
1: Yeah, for sure. So you can message us on Twitter and Instagram, our handles at BantaB, on the Discord Draft PL channel, BantaBoys, hashtag 6585. And on Reddit, you forward slash Banta underscore boys. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, and many more, all under the name of Banta Boys.
0: All right. So just to, I guess, give a quick breakdown of this episode again. You know, Spice is a... Is it... Spice is a change of life? Some changes the spice of life? Oh, God. I'm terrible at sayings. But we're going to do things a little differently this episode because we're a bit short on time. And it was the international break, so we kind of don't want to be redundant with the information we shared from the last pod. So, if you're here for, like, the data dump and lead catch-ups, you should probably listen to episode 68 because this is episode 69. Nice. So... In the first half, what we're going to do is just go through some Twitter questions uh, and messages that we got from the last pod that we didn't cover because, I mean, the game week is coming up this weekend. Take our halftime pint and then second half, we're just going to do, you know, discuss some trades and FA slash waiver picks that we want to suggest to help you win your game week. So if you're new to this podcast, just FYI, we talk about everything fan tracks related and sometimes OFPL draft. But yeah, we ain't no FPL pod, man. Sorry to disappoint you.
1: Mostly Achim. (laughs) Yeah, mostly Achim.
0: Russ, I (laughs) want to talk a bit more about, uh, you know, just regular life banter, that sort of stuff. How was your international break, man? What'd you get up to?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, unfortunate news, I broke my thumb.
0: Is it, like, legit broken?
1: It's, like, legit broken. Not like my... Like, it's just the top bone of my thumb. So, it's, like, even in terms of the thumb... It's even like the like the most least impactful part, but it's still like you know I still have kind of it wrapped up and stuff. I'm gonna go see uh like some plastic plastic dude at the hospital on Friday, and he's gonna tell me if I need a cast or not. But I have not been um like I've still been playing sports. So, <laughs> of course you have all from the love of football, man. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. So you know playing football on Sundays and basketball, which is I guess more frightening on on Mondays but I was like man we had a back-to-back for basketball this past Monday and I was like man like I don't I'm not going to, like, you know, give up on my team because there's only three subs. So, like, you know, there'd be a player short, too. What but a trooper. I wasn't shooting or anything. What a trooper. I was, just, I was just playing defense. I was just playing defense. But, yeah, that was my international break. I was wondering
0: why you were wearing, like, a hand splint or a hand brace or whatever. I mean, just FYI, I've done a project on uh, osteoarthritis for, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, for the base of thumb uh, joint or whatever so i mean if you if yeah. you need any sort of gizmo to kind of make sure that you're wearing your splint correctly i can help you out with that you know
1: no nah, it's not the base of the thumb but like that if it was base of them i wouldn't be playing any sports yeah. i'd be like man yeah, 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 this yeah. Is just
0: stupid. <laughs> okay all right cool um t20 world cup man it sucks that you guys didn't make it to the final sorry about that you know what's worse is that australia one god damn
1: <laughs> yeah I like, who who likes Australia? I'm pretty sure Australians don't even like Australia, bro. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I would agree with that maybe.
1: The stadium was like completely empty. Like when like you know how like if there's a big match coming, if if like Pakistan or India were playing, like the stadium would have been packed. But this stadium was like empty, bro. Even in the stands, it was mostly Pakistani and Indians, not even like Australians or news Kiwis
0: yeah and, and the thing is is like for me growing up australia was always like that villain team you know They're like they always win yeah. everything man they always dominated everything yeah. and sometimes a lot of their players are also like massive dicks i mean no offense to any mm-hmm. for aussie listeners but it's just it's just the theme growing up man and the worst part yet is new zealand can't seem to win anything
1: these days like yeah
0: kane had such a good knock during that match as well mm-hmm. did you
1: watch any of it at all Nah, man, I was just following it. And I was like, man, if Pakistan's not in it, my heart's not in it. So,
0: oh, you know what? The most important thing is, though, England didn't make it to the final. So I was happy yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, a few other new things before we get to the biz part of the pod. New appointment, man. I see Norwich has a new appointment. Dean Smith. Yeah, man's doing that little merry ground. How does it feel to see uh, Stevie G back in the prem?
1: I'm really excited for it, because this is like the, is he actually any good, right? You know, because he was in the SPL and managing a two-team league for essentially, like managing a team.
0: He was in the Bundesliga? What?
1: Oh, sorry. No, no. The SPL. Yeah, no. You said two leagues. (laughs) Two leagues, yeah. (laughs) That's a a one-league team. Yeah, yeah.
0: True. La Liga is better, (laughs) but not now, since Messi's left.
1: For like Dean Smith, I I saw that this is the first time where... um, the same manager will be managing two different teams against the same opponent. Because the last match he had for Villa was Southampton. And the first match that he has for Norwich is also Southampton. Yeah. That's a pretty fun fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun facts Steve all the time. Steve Smith for the trivia. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: what about uh, Antonio Conte at suppose I guess that's kind of a bit of old news. That happened before the international break yeah you you happy with that appointment change you know
1: we'll see it's lads it's birds you know <laughs> let's see let's see who
0: i feel like there's one other club that we're forgetting eddie Howe, eddie Howe, bro yeah at bournemouth 2.0 yeah man at Callum wilson ryan frazier and matt ritchie yeah I know, like, during his stint at Bournemouth, they conceded a lot of goals. But, I mean, they also did score lots of goals. And that's one thing Newcastle's been struggling for goals, yeah, right? I, I don't expect he's going to fix them up defensively, but at least he might be able to get, you know, better football out of them other than just lumping it up the field and just Hoping. basically parking the bus and trying to clear it, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. One team that you could, one thing you could credit the Bournemouth team was. The, their ability to go toe to toe with regardless of the opponent, right? Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal, whoever, right? They went toe to toe. They didn't, even if like, you know, like that's one thing you could cry with them. And sometimes they, do you remember that crazy 5 4 win against Liverpool or something? And that 4 4 draw against Arsenal where they came back from like two, three goals down? That, that, that was just like persistence, man. And like, you know, let's see, like, you know, he's right, you're right. Pairing up again with Cal Wilson. Ryan Frazier and Matt Ritchie, so he knows kind of how, how, what to do to get the best out of them.
0: Yeah, and I do also remember, I think it was a 4-0 defeat uh, versus Chelsea. I, was, I think I was playing like... Uh, pickup game or we were training for Sunday league or something like that looked at my phone. I was like, what the fuck's going on, man? I think that's when sorry was appointed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think now we can get into the biz part of the pod. I mean, also fair warning. I was up since 5am this morning um, or up till 5am this morning, working on a submission, like the first real um, submission for this master's program that I'm doing. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, zero preparedness, sort of. I have no idea what's going on in football. Maybe I've heard here and there, you know, injuries coming through and whatnot. But we'll probably be able to discuss that better when we get to the FA slash pick. So let's run through some questions, Ross.
1: Aye, ay 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 ay. Fantasy. With the Banta Boys. Yeah. So the first question we have is, um, it doesn't say who it's. Oh, from, it's the FPL Draft um,
0: Boys. This is from Instagram that they message us. Yeah.
1: So, oh, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. So the FPL Draft Boys. Their question is: What are you guys thinking about Burnley and Crystal Palace assets? Also, best trading techniques and strategies is always something I dra- I think draft players should be thinking about. So,
0: they play OFPL Draft and also these boys are from Australia. So, I love how we shat on Australia and now we're about to answer their question. Uh, <laughs> no regrets, you know? Um, Burnley and Palace assets, boy. Palace is an interesting one. Again, you know, I have to bite my tongue. Uh, Patrick Vieira is doing an amazing job over there. They're even tightening up defensively. So,
1: yeah. The
0: likes of Guaita, the likes of Mitchell are decent assets to kind of pick up, um, as you know, even for fan tracks, if we're looking at that as well. Um, for Burnley, I mean, I know you've kind of listed one of these guys in the next section, Charlie Taylor. I feel like. Yeah. If and when Burley can keep a clean sheet, I remember, I believe, like, Charlie Taylor could easily get three bonus in that game. And, I mean, if you look at fan tracks, he has the ability to get, like, 16 to 17 points, right, in a match. Uh, but what about you? Any standouts?
1: Olise is, like, their super sub right now, right? Yeah, but he like,
0: needs to be a starter. He's too good to be coming on as a sub.
1: Yeah, so I feel like... But because of that, his ownership is, like, not fully there. So you might still be able to get him and... Like, he comes off and he plays pretty fantastic, tries to get them the goal or the assist or the goal contribution. So, that's kind of one thing. For Burnley, yeah, Charlie Taylor's a good pick, but like, they're just flirting with the relegation zone right now, man. Like, um, I know Sean Dyke is going to like tighten things up, and that's what you kind of expect from him. But right now, they're like pretty, they're playing pretty meh. I mean,
0: Cornet ain't playing meh. Cornet Beeston, bro. Yeah.
1: Cornet Beeston. But, Oh, I guess this is for OFPL, so yeah, (laughs) Yeah, for name you could still get, yeah.
0: I mean, mean, the thing is, Chris Wood, uh, like we always say, he's good for 10 goals per season, right? And Mm -hmm. I don't think he's gotten too many for the season so far. I should probably check that.
1: Let me check that real quick. I think Burnley's recent, like, upcoming run of games is also not the worst either. It's actually pretty decent. Like, they're playing, like, I think Southampton and... Um, like Brentford and like Watford and stuff, so it's not it's pretty, it's not that bad. Like you know, picking up these assets, hopefully one of them can get a goal or assist here and there. So
0: yeah, so the upcoming fixtures for Burnley are Crystal Palace, Spurs, Wolves, Newcastle, West Ham, and Watford. And then after that, Aston Villa Everton. And I mean, I know that's like seven to eight games in the future, but because of the packed Christmas fixture list, like they're going to come thick and fast, sort of thing. So you might as well look at like the next eight to ten fixtures for that. And Chris Wood only has... Oh, no wonder. I was looking at the previous season. That makes so much sense. He only has two goals for the season. So he has eight more to come, you know, at least. At least.
1: At least, yeah. yeah.
0: So the only other Crystal Palace player I can think of, though, and I don't know if this is, uh, like, good for OFPL, but Ebrecha Eze. I mean, I feel like he's we're going to see him on, like, the other side of the new year sort of thing. So he could be a decent asset to have in your back pocket, you know like a fifth midfielder in OFPL or like even a fifth or sixth mid like bench option or something like that in Fantrax, right um yeah so the next part of his question uh trading techniques and strategies to think about
1: i think one of the biggest things is that like you have to be truly objective if you're giving if you want something For example, like, you know, in our, in our league, we kind of like, we do this right? So if you want something, if you want a player, you have to be able to be willing to kind of give up that same value. Right. And like, you know, looking at players, not just because you really like them doesn't mean that they're all that good. They could be like pretty average, but not just because like, you might just think of highly of them because you like them and they're in your team. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing is that, and this is, this is when you're trying to trade, right? Um, so if you're wanting a player, so for example, I'm trying to convince the band to give me Cancelo, but I've told I've told the band like everyone's on the table, but Trent. So like you know, Abba, Rashford, Saka, uh, Reg, Pinnock, all these players are on the table, and these are really good players. And Cancelo isn't like you know your run of the mill fullback. He is the second best fullback in the league in terms of points. Um, that's primarily the reason why i want him so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and i mean
0: it, it helps that he doesn't really have competition for that spot and he can play both left back and right back so he's pretty much guaranteed minutes all the time because I, I remember pep said last season like he has like an amazing i think re- recovery rate or something like that in terms of being able to be fit for the next match over and over and over right but yeah you yeah. would expect some level of rotation during this christmas congestion no
1: yeah, of course, right, and that's just part of even in a pep team. That's that's a given, almost, right? So,
0: yeah, and I mean, how are you feeling? I I know this is probably related to OFPL and stuff, but I mean, for fan tracks, I feel like it's easier to have assets from the same team as well, right? So, I mean, I know the stacking strategy. Can sometimes work, like especially for Acham. It works for, you know, having all the Liverpool players and stuff. But it also isn't always a great thing because the way the points kind of work in fantracks is is pretty much like a trickle-down effect right so let's say your top player Mm -hmm. gets 30 but the rest of them might get like fives and sixes and stuff like that right and not saying that they're gonna get those five and sixes every match right like who am i gonna throw randomly like maybe tiago or something like that right maybe you could potentially (laughs) i'm sorry to bring up tiago but you know maybe you just love shitting on him
1: (laughs) you could i i I could just like ah Uh, I'm not gonna say anything, but because you call me out on it. Shanji just loves shitting on Tiago. But I mean That's that's his bias. Thing. But but I mean
0: like you could use him to get a player from a different team, right? It's not necessarily like the talisman of another team, but maybe three or four ladders. Or steps beneath that sort of thing, so like you're at least averaging, you know, just under um ten points, or like getting like seven to eight points on fan tracks from him per game, right? So kind of divesting your so. investment so. within a particular squad, right?
1: I guess so. I guess so.
0: Um, I mean, other techniques and strategies for draft. One thing I do quite enjoy in the OFPL game is uh having like a flex position. Um. And uh, <laughs> I think I, I listened to the FPL Draft Boys podcast and they they heard the whole flexing because I asked them a question about it and it ended up becoming the word fling. So like, you know, you just have a short stint with this person, like, you know, as you do it, a relationship fling sort of thing. But basically picking up and (laughs) dropping players just based on fixtures alone right so having one spot or two spots within your entire roster that you're just playing the fixtures right you maybe look at like clean sheet odds or you know goal scoring odds or something like that and that you know just pick up people to target like you know clean sheet points not necessarily you're gonna play them every you know game week or whatnot but You know, if there's a fixture like, you know, Norwich, that sandwich between Man City and Liverpool, you kind of pick up just for that Norwich fixture and just drop it right after sort of thing. Right. So, yeah, that's also a decent strategy to have for both OFPL and Fantrax, I find.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. But yeah, thanks for your questions, uh, FPL Draft Boys. Um, I think we can go on to the next question. We can go to Atcham. Yep. uh, Because it's a bit more. It's kind of similar to, I guess, all these questions. But uh, uh, he asked, how is he going to transform? <laughs> so how, H-O-W-E, is he going to transform Newcastle? Oh,
0: I just got that. I was like, why did he yeah. spell it wrong?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we we might use that uh, for like the pod name, you know? Uh, FPL, is Wilson going to be a good option now? Also FPL, Bowen versus ESR, Kane versus Sun.
0: Russ, I know you don't play a lot of FPL, but I'm gonna try and take an honest crack at these questions. I mean, you can definitely pitch in with um the how and Newcastle transformation, right? So, what do you think about that?
1: I mean, we kind of talked about it, but I think right now, like, he's his best ability is to be able to get the goals, right, and to get the best out of his attacking players. They're probably gonna revert uh to a back four, um, because I don't know, maybe like it's like a high intensity football. Yeah, like a four-four-two, or exactly right. Um, so it will be a bit more high intensity than what Newcastle's been kind of play that used to playing for. But it'll be interesting. On like you know, does Matt Ritchie then become a right winger? Does is who like jump? Uh, Le- sorry, not Lasalle. Um, what's his name? Uh, Jacob Murphy. The Brazilian. Oh, the Brazilian. No, the Brazilian.
0: Who's the Brazilian? Oh, um, Joelinton. Jo- Joe yeah.
1: Joel Linton, yeah, Joel Linton and Callum Wilson up top, right, or who else, who else do they have, like, a striker, does Ryan Fraser become uh, the left winger now, right, all these things are gonna kind of come up, right, so, and you're gonna, like, do a lot of trial and error in this scenario, and even in terms of that midfield duo, Shelby and Sean, La- like, La- was it Sean Long- Longstaff? Yeah, well, or... ball,
0: at least some ball-playing midfielders, right? Uh, yeah, That's exactly, what Bournemouth, right? we kind of saw from them. is like they do like to play attractive football. And, you know, Shelby's probably a better on the ice sort of thing, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, But then, like, you're giving up a lot of uh, defensive integrity that way, right? So you need to be really comfortable with Lascelles and whoever. And your fullbacks need to be super... Comfortable with like tracking back and like you know staying on their man, right? So it's gonna be super interesting. I don't think Matt Ritchie is gonna be then your like your right back. I think he will be like your right winger. So if he starts though, but I think like that's that's kind of this thing that I'm kind of looking uh, looking forward to. I eventually feel like it's gonna start off as a four two two a four four two to eventually become a four three three, Um and then you know. Um, we'll see if let uh who who kind of gets that number nine spot, um and like does Joel Linton then play on the wing or does he come off the bench?
0: Yeah, what's interesting about the whole Matt Ritchie possible OOP thing is that on FPL I think he's registered as a defender, right? So if you're playing OPL draft, that's probably even more enticing. And we know he takes set pieces and corners and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean his output if. Managers were patient with him. His output could, you know, see a little bump, uh, you know, an increase in points. So, yeah, I, I mean, keep an eye on it. You never know with all these new managers coming in how they're going to change up the squad, squad selection, all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, try try and, you know, be quick, quicker than other people sort of thing on the grabs, but also don't pick up a bunch of duds sort of thing. So, and I, I mean, the next question is about what... What do we expect from Callum Wilson, right? Uh, I think um, in his most successful season at Bournemouth, he had, uh, what, 14 goals and 9 assists. It was that crazy season that, you know, Frazier went off and he had, like, nearly the most key passes or second highest key passes one season. Yeah, right? yeah. I think yeah. in that season, he had gotten 14 assists, right, and 7 goals, so... Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we know how much of a beast Fraser can be, sort of thing. So, yeah, I expect Callum Wilson to do well, man. So, right now, it's probably a buy-low option, I want to say. But at the same time, this guy is known for picking up hamstring injuries. And we're going into, a, a you know, again, Christmas conjection. So, like, a bunch of fixtures back-to-back. Is he really going to play all of those games 90 minutes? I highly doubt that. Mm-hmm. The next part of uh, Achim's question, uh, basically, again, FPL stuff, is Bowen versus ESR. So I think he's trying to consider stuff as budget. Achim, I'm going to kill you for asking FPL questions, Loki, But um, you know what? I'm still going to answer them. <laughs> so... Ross, I mean, you can still comment from a footballing perspective, right? Bowen was on part of our pub quiz. I think he had, what, the third most assists or something like that, right? The six assists. Fantasy assists, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he takes corners uh, for West Ham. I believe he dominates them, but kind of shares them with Cresswell. And he's kind of been ticking along the last few game weeks, like chipping in with an attacking return almost every game week, like maybe over the past five or six game weeks, right? But now ESR is also in the goals, right? He I think he's what scored three in the last four if I'm not mistaken. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he did get his first international call up for England and he did also get his first well. international yeah. goal as well. So I feel like with either one of those you can't really go wrong. So Ross I'm gonna make you come up, you know, with the difficult answer. Who are you gonna pick between those two?
1: Jardboine. Why? Because West Ham have a much uh much stronger goal threat they're still able to score goals Arsenal's only taking along with like one nils or two ones or whatever right or one ones um West Ham is scoring two three goals in the last few game weeks anyways and I feel like Bowen is going to be a Yeah. yeah so if you if you can put like you know they put three past Liverpool pretty easily as well um my my money's on Jared Boyne. Yeah, with
0: Virgil Van Dyke in the squad, right? Let's let's remind people, yeah. <laughs> Virgil's a big yeah. brick wall. So to get past him with ease is no easy task. And uh, if you had to pick be between Kane and Son, right? I mean, let let me put a little context on this, right? I saw an interesting stat over the international break that. There was a game that I think Kane got a hat trick, the one before he got four goals. So he basically got seven goals over two games for England, right? But I think that game that he got the hat trick, apparently his accumulated xG in that match was higher than the xG accumulated so far for the season in the English Premier League, which is crazy. Right?
1: My money my money's on son. Um
0: but the, but the thing is is that that was during Nuno's time. We saw Conte's comments about wanting him to play basically between the posts, you know, become that lethal striker that Conte really rates him highly as. But at the same time, playing for Spurs is completely different to playing for England. Like your fullbacks are Emerson Royal and Reguillon versus Reese James or Chilwell or Trent Alexander-Arnold, like, you take your pick. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous, right? The, the amount of service that he can get from an England squad. So I, I think I would also kind of lean Sun because Sun has the corners, right? So he has, like, an extra route to attacking returns that sort of thing and the way i've seen kind of how spurs have set up recently is that i feel like kane still naturally drops into that number 10 sort of spot and lets lucas Moore and youngman son run off of him sort of thing right like on counters i would i i feel like i see Sun tending to lead the line mm-hmm. so yeah i yeah. i think you got your answer there we both pick Sun. all right thanks Achim for your question try to make it fan yeah. tracks You're winning the league. You might as well.
1: (laughs) He's lost two in a row, bro. Oh, the comeback
0: is on. The comeback is on. Wait, who did he lose to so far?
1: So, he's lost to me. Of course. And I think he's lost to Andreas. Of course. Of course.
0: Did you flex with the whole the champion is here sort of thing, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I was like, like, you know, Liverpool lost that game week. So, I was like, man, it was a pretty... It's pretty bad game week. So in that sense, actually, I've got
0: a question for you. Would you rather win your game week or your team win if you had to pick one?
1: Team win, hundred percent. Okay. Not even a question, bro. Okay. You ask this every season or every once in a while. It's always team, bro. M- maybe I should
0: make it a bit more difficult. If you had to win the championship in your fan tracks, like basically playoff final, would you take that or Liverpool win?
1: In that scenario, because I, so here I'll I'll. I'll I'll phrase it. I'll phrase it even better. Even then, then I might pick Frantrax. But here's what I'm thinking: it's the last game of the game week, right? Your opponent has Trent Alexander Arnold, and um, like you know, if Trent Alexander Arnold gets an assist or goal, you he wins. And but you know, in this scenario, you're the Liverpool fan, right? And like you know, Liverpool and with that goal or assist, Liverpool also win. Would you take that goal or assist from Trent knowing that you lose in Fantrax, Or would you try to win in Fantrax?
0: I think I'd rather my team win. Because I've already won a playoff final that doesn't count. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> there you go. go. <laughs> Alright. Um, thanks again, Achim, for your question. But that last question was mine made up on the spot. So let's go on to our last question.
1: The last question is from no One, Haha. At Shirak Verma. Norwich assets, Aston Villa Villa assets, Newcastle assets, Spurs assets. Please discuss p- possible potential gems after the managerial changes in all the above teams.
0: Right. So, uh, we kind of talked about Newcastle. So, I I don't know if we need to talk about them again, like for a third time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Spurs. I mean, quickly, just based on what I've been hearing from like other podcasts and you know just tidbits of information coming through. I feel like Reguillon is an asset you kind of want to pick up uh, because as, like, one of the attacking wingbacks, he picks up, like, a very high average position on the field, like, almost near the strikers sort of thing. Um, I, I still think, like, midfield is kind of up for debate because Conte is still, like, figuring stuff out, right? And
1: It's only within one game so far, right? Yeah, exactly. So-
0: I mean, Ben Davies could be a possible gem i think he got what like 14 or 15 points in that game versus everton i mean that's Mm -hmm. if he retains his spot right so other than that like it's hard to say like who knows if emerson royal even keeps his spot because doherty came on for like that small stint and got like 4.25 points right in what was it like 18 minutes or 15 minutes something really really short like that yeah so yeah yeah it's hard to say and i mean even harder to say for Norwich and Aston Villa as well. Who knows what Dean Smith's gonna do with that team, right? Does Billy Gilmore get a shout again, sort of thing? Like,
1: is is Cantwell now like your Jack Grealish equivalent, right? Um, for Aston Villa, I'm thinking Gerard tends to set up a more defensive, stronger defensive team before he t- looks at his attack. Is Bertrand Troder back in the mix now once he kind of comes back from? uh injury it seems like he's only got like a solid red flag on fat track so he might be back soon that means like players like Al Ghazi might not necessarily get the nod because they're not as defensively sound as their kind of counterparts right um does the mid- midfield shuffle uh, also happen with like I don't know Jacob Ramsey coming in or whoever or Samson I think is the other guy right yeah um, yeah 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 <laughs> but
0: yeah. uh even like the change of shape right because you know dean Smith kind of rolled out that back five with the wing back so does the value of maddie cash and matt target also change right kind of drop down i mean what if maddie target gets back on corners or dominates the corners again right takes them away from buendia sort of stuff so mm-hmm. it, it's gonna be very very interesting like Will he play both strikers, or will he rotate Danny Ings and Watkins? I would think Watkins starts yeah. over Ings, right? Because again, we talk about Christmas congestion. Danny Ings doesn't last like his hamstrings are most likely gonna give away if he plays too much football.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. Like I feel like if I were to pick one Aston Villa asset that I might be kind of putting some money on, it would probably be Bertrand Traore. I think he, if he's fully fit. He is way more defensively sound than any of their attacking options. So right now, that's what you want to stop first, right? You want to stop the goals. So
0: Yeah, and I mean, based on the last game Dean Smith was in charge for, the one versus Southampton, Leon Bailey barely did any defensive work to help Maddie Cashman on that left-hand side, I want to say. Like Kyle Walker-Peters, I think he had the highest average positioning for Southampton that match. Like, he was just... (laughs) <laughs> making life so difficult um, for Matty Cash. So, if you're saying that Gerard is going to be, like, defensive-minded sort of thing, maybe the likes of Leon Bailey might start getting benched more often than startings, right, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know you suggested a gem, but I'm going to, you know, suggest, like, a bit of warnings about season assets sort of thing. Just, you know, play a little angel-devil sort of situation. Um, So, I mean, Aston Villa, do you want to... Uh, sorry. I get Norwich. You want to mention like a gem, possibly?
1: Cantwell. I don't know. I feel like Cantwell would be the closest to your Jack Grealish replacement, considering he's back from injury and whatever personal concerns are happening in his in his life are also kind of like getting better. But I think once he is in the back in the matchday squad, I I think Dean Smith can kind of get him close to what we saw from Jack Grealish. I mean, I, I don't... Not exactly, but it's close. Yeah,
0: I don't, don't like to usually suggest um, Norwich players, but I think Billy Gilmore could come back into the fold, right? He's got too much talent to ignore. So I don't know if him and Fark just kind of fell out. So keep an eye on him. Um, I mean, we talked about Newcastle, like Ryan Fraser possibly playing OOP sort of thing. And for Spurs, again, <clears throat> just monitor the fullbacks that are being rotated over there. All right, um, I think that's it for the questions. Ross, shall we take a quick half-ten and then get back into the second half? Sounds good. All right, see you in a bit. And we are back. Okay, so let's quickly run through this because Russ got to go teach a bunch of kids, man. So, we're going to run through FA slash waiver picks we want to suggest. So, these players are basically under 50% owned and, you know, possible gems to kind of do your weekly pickup sort of thing. So, Ross, kick us off. Leicester vs. Chelsea, first game.
1: Yeah, my... Like, Animal Lukman, he's 33% owned. He isn't regularly starting, but now, slowly, getting back into, like, the... Like the mix again, right? Like he, I don't know. He started off pretty strong, fan tracks wise. Had a, I guess had a bit of a falling out where he wouldn't even kind of come on on like a Europa game either, and now he's back and playing for Rogers. I don't know. Rogers does this sometimes. Right? He's weird like that. but look when thirty three percent.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it was hard just suggest uh, Chelsea assets. Uh, So, again, with caution, you might just need to look at the lineup. And because there's so many games, these players might get opportunities here and there. But Ross Barkley, 24% owned. uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, 18% owned. We know this season has been really tough for some managers to get proper midfield options, like dependable ones that are nailed. So if you've got a spot to kind of rotate in your roster, then maybe look at these guys and just be quick on the pick. All right, next game, Aston Villa versus Brighton.
1: Yeah, the two assets I'm going to suggest are possibly El Ghazi, 37% owned, and Bertrand Troy, 39% owned. Huge asterisks on both of them because even El Ghazi started last game and didn't do that much. Got the yellow card as well. So, like, like, you know, word of caution because I'm also not, like, you know, like I said before, this might be a player that might see the bench more often because of, like, not the ability to kind of track him back, right? And. Which is why I would kind of highlight Bertrand Chower more, because Bertrand Chaore is, from what I've seen, complete like very defensively sound, tracks back, retains possession, doesn't kind of give it away cheaply that often. And because of that might see more game time, especially if he's back fit. He's 39% owned.
0: And at Brighton, I'm gonna suggest Veltman 34% owned. I know Tarek Lamty is back and getting minutes and stuff like that, but I don't think he can play consecutive games. You know, during that again, Christmas congestion of fixtures, so I feel like Veltman, because of his flexibility in terms of being able to play in both wing back and like as one of the right or left center backs, he could get game time and he's good on the ghosties. So, yeah, 34% owned Veltman, go pick him up. Next game yeah. Burnley versus Crystal Palace.
1: I'm surprised Charlie Taylor is less than 50% owned man, but he's only 36%. He has been killing it in terms of ghost points.
0: Yeah, very, very dependable guy, man. Uh, he loves to cross the ball into the box for Chris Wood, and, you know, Chris Wood has some goals to catch up on. So at Crystal Palace few players michael elise 44% owned guaita 43% owned and macarthur 42% owned with macarthur i'd probably be a bit more cautious just because they've got so many midfield options coming back into the fray but yeah Olise, once he starts games man i think this guy is gonna be an absolute machine in terms of ghost points and we saw he can get attacking returns off the bench Vieira has tightened up things defensively and i know i could have suggested other defenders but i feel like Guaita could just get more goalsies with the saves etc and he's a decent goalkeeper man people also consider him on fpl as like a decent option to like sanchez who got sent off in the last game but yeah next game mm-hmm. newcastle versus brentford
1: matt ritchie 45 i should probably also then give a shout out to ryan frazier because we talked about him a lot i'm I'm pretty sure he's also less than 50% owned um, as well. Uh, let me just kind of confirm that I, I when we kind of talked about it, I was like, oh, yes, Matt Ritchie, uh, Ryan Frazier is also a player that we should be looking out for. I can pull um, it up. Just
0: give me one he, sec. Uh, he
1: is 10% owned. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. So mostly just because, like, you know, reuniting with his old manager, like, you know, why wouldn't you pick out a manager that's gone? Why wouldn't you pick out a player that's gone fourteen assists for you and seven goals for you in one season?
0: Yeah, and for Brentford uh, again, this is just be cautious sort of situation. But Matthias Jensen, thirty three percent owned. I know he got COVID at the start of the international break, but here's hoping that he was able to recover and you know be able to start with the team again. The last match saw him get what, seven key passes, Ross? Which I believe was the highest for the game week. So he's on set pieces, on corners, that sort of thing. Good for the ghost points. Got, what, 20 points for his fan tracks points. So I think he's a great midfield option to have right now. And especially if he's going to get a run of starts. All right, next game, Norwich versus Southampton.
1: Yeah, so the two assets that I have is Milo, Rashika, 38%, and Norman, 47 percent i wouldn't suggest billy gilmore just because we don't know if he's starting but milo rashka and norman have been putting up decent points recently so that's the reason why they're a bit more higher on my list at the moment but if i think billy gilmore starts i think he is like you know he's a very my type of midfielder will get get you a lot of like interceptions and tackles and those sort of points and those rack up sometimes to like about seven eight points a game so
0: sounds like tiago bro
1: Screw you. (laughs) Alright, so for Southampton,
0: I'm going to suggest a few defensive options like Bednarak, 27% owned. Kyle Walker-Peters, 22% owned. I mean, they're playing Norwich, right? Norwich isn't really like a proper goal-scoring team and it's going to be Dean Smith's first game. So I don't think they're going to have things figured out sort of thing, but... I do believe that they will concede goals, so I will suggest Brozier, 19% owned. That's if he starts, right? So you're just going to have to wait for the lineups and maybe kind of pick him up when if you can. And a little bit of a cheeky suggestion is Oriol Romeu, 14% owned. Now, he's probably not gonna get you 10 to 11 points or something like that but he's been ticking along with like six to eight points like every game week just ghosties right doing them central defensive midfield things that ross loves but yeah let's move on to the next game watford versus manchester united
1: um kucho seven percent owned There, like i don't know if i really want to suggest defensive assets or midfield assets Kucho um, is a forward but Kucho also is a forward so I don't know if he's going to start or not so there's not that many there's very slim pickings on players who might be kind of fruitful so that's the only one that I can really come up with
0: and Manchester United it's hard to really suggest an asset there's not really a lot of good ones available unless you want to maybe bank on Matic or McTominay but who knows what all is going to do man anyway so next game Wolves versus West Ham
1: uh, Kilman, 17%, and Ait Nouri, 31%. Kilman did get the goal a couple of games ago, or last game, and that might have kind of, like, inflated his points a bit. But um, it seems like he is starting regularly now. Ait Nouri, too, starting over Marcel. Um, like You know, has a, a talisman in Jimenez, so something to kind of actually aim for in the middle, right? So, and I think got an assist recently as well. So, he takes corners, bro. He takes corners. So there you go. Both of them are owned considerably under 50%. So I think they're both good options. Yes, they are defenders in a not-so-good Wolves defense. But we're mostly kind of getting them for their goal potential or their assist potential.
0: And that's for, like, fixtures moving forward. Because the team they're facing is West Ham, who I'm going to suggest Johnson. 45% owned and Fabianski, 40% owned. Thing is, Johnson displays Sufal, So it's a hard one to say if Sufal kind of takes his spot back, but I mean, man, Johnson's been performing like a machine and he did the Bhangra. Like how can you not start a guy that does the Bhangra as a celebration, bro? Yeah,
1: man. Yeah, man.
0: All right, next game and probably the big one for Saturday, Liverpool versus Arsenal.
1: Yeah. Um. There aren't that many assets. The only one that I can really think of is Ox, a, he's going up against his old club. He will be a lot more uh, fresher than his uh, teammates because he didn't go away on international break. And because Liverpool have a bit of an injury concern, there is that, like, he will probably start. He is 16% owned. So.
0: And at Arsenal, uh, with a green assault, I'm going to suggest this player, Tavares, 23% owned. Now, Kieran Tierney is fit again, but how long will that last, right? Again, with all these fixtures coming up, I feel like Tavares will get some minutes here and there. And who knows? He could get played out of position or something like that. Maybe he changes the formation, right? Where I've seen Tierney play as the left centre-back, right? And Andy Robertson plays as the left wing-back for Scotland. Something like that, right? So who knows if Tavares gets minutes just based on that. And I mean, it's wise Tavares looks amazing on the ball. Like, fearless. He loves to go forward as well. So 23% owned. I mean, maybe not for the Liverpool game, but moving forward, definitely one to consider.
1: For Tavares, for Tavares, I remember when they first signed, every Arsenal fan was, who is this kid? And, you know. <laughs> and now they're like, oh, this kid. Yeah, I love this kid. Yeah.
0: All right, next game on Sunday, the first one, Manchester City versus Everton. Ross, we don't really have anyone from these teams. I don't do really
1: have anyone. like Unless you can bank on like Zinchenko starting or like Ake starting. I don't know. So other than that, like I don't have anyone. And they're pretty lowly owned. So it's and that's like, you know, if the game's at 9 a.m. on Eastern Standard Time, 8 a.m. You have to be up and look at the lineups and pick them up. So I wouldn't pick them up before. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah that's well i mean depends on the times when you live for sure yeah but the only to like asset that comes to mind for me from everton based on the ones that are fit at least is anthony gordon three percent owned and i don't know i didn't list him in our notes but the reason i didn't is because they're playing manchester city who is like one of the best defensive teams in the league so i i don't want to waste people's time with that you know so let's move on to the next and final game tottenham versus leeds
1: yeah the only asset i have is romero Christian Romero? That's yeah. his full name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That,
0: it'd be um, like that.
1: <laughs> um, They're going up against a not-so-great Leeds offense and a working... I think Romero played with... No, no, Romero didn't play with Conte, but he played in a league with Conte. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I,
0: and I mean, Atalanta's kit looks like Inter Milan, so it works, you know?
1: <laughs> so it works, right? So there you go. Um, But I don't know. I feel like defensive assets for... Tottenham might be kind of on the rise because that's the first thing that he'll want to obviously kind of show up. So, Christian Romero, 48% owned.
0: And you've got one more, Matt Doherty at 28% oh, owned. Oh, shoot.
1: Uh, I didn't scroll down. Yes, I do have <laughs> one more. But, but like, that's like a big asterisk considering that he came on for Reg. On yeah, the on left the left back side. S- yeah, that was the instead one of interesting... His usual-
0: thing right yeah 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 and like we mentioned before he got 4.25 points in 18 minutes
1: yeah so I don't know if he starts or not but like he's also going to be playing out of position in the sense that he's playing on the other opposite flank he's primarily a right wing back a right and a right back but it seems like they're trusting Ben Davies or Conte is trusting Ben Davies and uh, emerson royale there or whatever but even i thought ben davies was the left back so like what is this switcheroo that's happening that we want to figure out so
0: switcheroo with deliveroo yo bro okay for leads i honestly don't know who to suggest and like i've been hearing on a lot of podcasts that apparently they've been tightening up defensively and maybe like their xga or something like that has probably gotten better over the last four games but i don't want to suggest anyone just because like Every time I think someone's fit, Bielsa's like, oh, we'll have to monitor and, you know, manage the situation. We'll see how it develops over time or whatever. He's never, like, crystal clear, you know, since this whole Spygate shit. But yeah. if you have to suggest someone, maybe it would be Diego Llorente, right? 10% owned. He's probably one of their more def- dependable defensive options. And the reason I suggest that is because Spurs aren't free-flowing, attacking, scoring football at the moment, right? Yeah, sure, Harry Kane got seven goals in two games for England, but... Like we said, Spurs ain't England, bruh. But yeah, Ross, um, I think you have like maybe a couple minutes. I just want to pick your brain about a couple of trades, if that's okay. Sure. Let's do that. Okay. So, a couple of these trades went through in some of the leagues that I'm in. And this is like the public leagues, like the DPL Community League and the International Genie League, right? So, Alan St. Maximin and Jimenez for Bruno and Bamford. How do you feel about that?
1: Whoever Which got side Bruno... are you taking? Bruno and Bamford. Yeah, even though Bamford
0: Bamford ain't fit and hasn't been playing and Sunday League Leeds' team. like
1: Bruno is still easily the top chance creator in the Premier League. Right? I feel like Bruno and, like, you know, short starter. Jimenez is benched here and there. ASM won't be benched, obviously, but, like, you know... It's still one of those things with a new manager. Obviously, he won't be, but like Bamford, once he gets fit, hopefully, he can like you know come back and play to his kind of strengths that he did last season. But my any trade, any trade that Bruno is on, regardless if it's like you know, it is an Ole Manchester United team, but my money is still on Bruno.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we talk about not playing this game with too much emotion, right? Because. In my heart tells me, like, go for ASM and Jimenez, right? We talk about ho- how... Oh, sorry, I call him a hoe. Damn, he ain't no hoe, bro. Um, but anyhow, you know, improving Newcastle from an attacking perspective. Maybe ASM gets attacking returns to go with his 20 dribbles per game or something like that. So that's why I was kind of leaning more ASM Jimenez. But you make a very good point. Bruno leading key passes in the league so far. So it's hard to kind of look past that. Okay, the next trade, though... AWB and Sterling for Trinkau. This to me was real sus, bro
1: Yeah, that's that looks real sus. I don't know. Like Trinkau is, I guess people are selling short their like AWB and Sterling. Okay, I guess maybe Sterling's not even gonna stay in January or whatever. Right? I guess that's kind of the what you're banking on, and that's kind of what the risk is, and you're getting. Trincao, who seems to be a regular starter for Wolves and seems to be taking along in terms of points. AWB has also not been playing well. He's definitely not up to the standards that Manchester United fans put him as, he's better than Trent. But, but, like, you know, um, Trincao... And that's the only way it kind of makes sense, but I feel like they will... Like, AWB will definitely bounce back. Yeah. Especially yeah. when Varane is back too, so
0: yeah, that was a very weird trade for me. I don't know, you know that collusion gift from uh, the draft league or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I really want to drop that in the chat. Yeah, collusion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's everything we had planned to talk about. Uh, Ross, I know you have to run off, bro. Make sure you take care of yeah. that hand, right? Uh, do you have yeah. any final things to say? Final thoughts?
1: Happy, to... that for uh, the Premier League's back. So. Yeah, I feel like that's that always people. what we say after the international <laughs> yeah, break. Yeah, exactly. So.
0: <laughs> I mean, Ryan doesn't agree, right? Ryan was Ryan like, oh, agree. I love international break. Da, 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 da. See, this is why we didn't bring him to record today, you know? Yeah, he had something like, negative to say. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. And uh, what, the next one isn't till March?
0: Yeah, exactly, bro. And like, when it does happen in March, it's like our birthdays, right? So even more yeah. reason to celebrate, so.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's nice. All right, so.
0: Russ, I'll catch you on right. the next episode, bro. Peace.